If PK had a boog hanging, I totally wouldn't tell him. Join Ants and Scotty Friday from noon to 3. Andrew Reinhardt from Wasatch Medical Clinic will be live in studio to discuss an FDA-approved breakthrough and permanent solution for ED with no pills, surgery, or needles. So if I had a booger hanging? He wouldn't tell you. See, my mentor, my brother-in-law, who's gone now, he used to always, and he was a, a uh, taught college level in high school, one of the founding fathers of high school soccer in Arizona. He always used to go like this. He'd go his nose and around his mouth. I said, why do you do that all the time? He says, well, check if I have any boogers and if I have any foam on the corners of my mouth. <laughs> so then it became Boogie's Foam. Boogie's Foam. That was the thing that we had. That Can was you your that? little code. Yeah, Boogie's Foam. Not that I know. <laughs> He's the one. Well, you're asking serious questions during serious Boogie's interviews. Foam. I'm going to try and crack you up. Boogie's Foam. He's the one who came up with flexibility within a structured system love that quote <laughs> and i've shared that with other people and they have just burst out laughing <laughs> luca just tweeted at us i was 10 years old driving with my brother on the byu campus we turned a corner sharply and almost hit lavelle edwards who was walking across the street well depending on how old you were when i mean what year it was when you were 10 that could have changed the entire history of byu football so it was like 1973. Could have cost him like <laughs> five conference titles or 10 conference titles or 15 conference titles and a national title and a Heisman Trophy winner. Yeah. So I'd have to get some more information on how what year it was when you were 10. Bryce heard that you, uh, you ate with Jerry Sloan and he can top you. Bryce says, I saved Jerry Sloan and Franklin's life. I'm not sure when the last time they ate was, but I brought him some food that might have staved off starvation. <laughs> Waiter at a restaurant. (laughs) All right, Yach, let's go to the phones. Craig, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Great. How are you? Good. I spent a week with the movie actor Dean Jagger. I was doing my master's thesis and did it on him. He was uh, won Academy Award for 12 O'Clock High in 1939, and he was in White Christmas. Did 150 movies. Got to know him and his wife real well. Are they good people? Oh, fantastic. He had a photographic memory. He could remember everything. You name yeah, it, he exactly. could remember it. All right. Well, want a quick, do you have time for a quick story? Please. Okay, um, he had a, a stroke, and he didn't speak very well. But he went on to the, into the movie studio, put on his clothes and makeup, and they turned on the light. And his his voice was perfect, so he did his part in the in the film he was doing, and just as soon as the lights went out, he couldn't speak again. Wow! So when he when he was on camera, um, he could speak perfectly, but when he got off, he still had the effects of that stroke. <laughs> Fantastic wow. man! Yeah. All right, that's thanks for sharing. Story. I didn't expect that. All right, Good thanks. Enough. Have a good day. Thanks for the call, Cray. Eight five five three four zero zone. Your brushes with greatness. We were going to talk about the Jazz and three and one and what you you think of them, but oh really? <laughs> <laughs> Dean is shaking his head if he's still listening. I really wanted to talk about the Jazz. And he he had to just throw us off. All on right, his tangent. let the people speak on the open mic, Yak. While golfing recently, I recognized someone at the tee box ahead of me. So I walked up to this gentleman and asked him, Do you know Mr. Snickeldorf? He said, Yes, I know all the Snickeldorfs. That's my breast with greatness. That would be me. I remember Mountain, <laughs> Mountain Dell <laughs> a, a couple of weeks back. <laughs> he, did, he did ask me that. And I always have to be so polite now. 
<laughs> That's the price you pay. My wife, be nice, be nice, be nice. <laughs> well, okay, okay, okay. She's, she's grumpy, you. Particularly when we travel. Like this Friday, when we'll, she's coming with me when we go to... Uh, Washington, yeah. big so, game. We'll be on that flight, and that plane will be packed with Utes. And you'll Which get actually, PK. I ended up getting to know several, several of the parents of the kids, like the Bartons. Mm-hmm. Because you see them traveling to these games. It seemed like every plane the last four years I was on, they were on. Well, <laughs> got to do it Well, they might can, be on man. this one because their son's playing yeah. the gotta next do it day. do you can, man. Time's, time's passing Oh, hey, by. Bartons, if you're listening, I want to go to the Seahawks game, so if you can help me get tickets, let me know. Oh, <laughs> With the fees, man, they're over 300 bucks for my wife and I. I'd like to lower it a little bit. If you can help me out... Uh, Email me or something. Michael is on the open mic. Michael, what do you have? I once peed next to D. Todd Christofferson. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Now I got your okay. stories. Yeah. I've got one. Let's not. No, I got one. You have multiple. We know this. Well, that, that's how the DJ is here, isn't he, came about. Yes. Vegas. Remember, we've talked about this. Clint brought this up. G-U-E's. Great urinal encounter. You remember that? <laughs> G-U-E's. <laughs> John Madden. It's a promo I'm bringing back around. Oh, I got multiple. Kenny Stabler. LAX. Standing right next to him. Winner. Super Bowl There's champion. a reason why they called him the snake. Hey, now. <laughs> I couldn't help it. I'm sorry, Scotty. I couldn't help it. Today's my meeting with him. I'm going to have to answer for that. Thanks. Exactly. And the only time I have been to the Rose Bowl as a fan... The only time the Devils won, 1987. I'm there. I got a media pass. I go. This is the Rose Bowl since been remodeled 20 times over. But they had like one urinal, and there's a big line. It's my turn to go. Guy comes up to me. He says, hey, would you mind if I go? Because I got to go, and I got to get back on the air. And I turn around. I go. I look, and I'm thinking, okay. And it's Dick Enberg. Well, certainly I've got to let Dick Enberg go. He's got to get back on the air. Don't want to, don't want to deny America the right. voice of football. Right, exactly. It was Dick Enberg, man. All right, Thomas is on the open mic. I once saw Dave Fox on the sideline at a U game and went up to him and introduced myself, and I said, Hello, DJ. <laughs> I've been called Dave Fox multiple times. Uh, I was wondering where that was going. <laughs> uh, hello, DJ. Yeah, what the heck? It's close enough. Eight five five three four zero zone. Hit us up on Twitter. David DJ James Daniel had dinner with Jerry Sloan and Frank Layden at the Market Street Grill in Cottonwood. Well, they were at the table next to mine. <laughs> okay, and that's close enough. What the heck? Dwight, what do you have for us? As long as we're going Gordon Monson, I used to live in a resort town in California, and I met Billy Idol, Michael J. Fox, and so on, but my favorite was John Candy, and he hugged me. The dude is the real deal. John Candy, the (laughs) dude is the real deal. (laughs) Michael J. Fox, Billy Idol, and John Candy. See, that'd be awesome on the flight. When your wife says you'd be nice, you just start hugging everybody who says hi. Hey, PK, and you're just like, hello, and you give her a hug, and your wife will just be looking at you like you're nuts. It'd be great. I was flying from 
here to San Diego, uh-huh. and there was a change flights in Vegas. So the second flight, Vegas to <clears throat> San Diego, sitting in the first row was himself, Mr. Orville Redenbacher. Nice. Literally, Mr. Or- Orville Redenbacher. And he was very old at the time, and he was propped up. And I think it was his wife was standing there, not in the aisle, but like in the first seat mm-hmm. next to the aisle. And she was handing out Orville Redenbacher stickers as you went by. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> For the win. Always bugs me there's so few nonstops to San Diego. Every time I'm going down there, got to fly through Phoenix and Vegas. This one, I've gotten a few nonstops, but Neat. this one was through Vegas. All right, DJ and PK, what have you got, Yak? Yak, is this going to slow down? Because no, Dean's call was 40 minutes ago. They're People are going still nuts. rolling in. Let's go to what, Dwayne. Why did quick. we stay up late and watch the Jazz game? Because that, that, that was late for us. We have another eight late one tomorrow. We have Jazz takes. And, uh, well, I know. And then with the snow, I You got to get up sleep. early because you're right. I know. So I woke up an hour earlier. Okay, we, got, and, we got three more we got to get through here. And then so I'm uh, gassed. All, all right, what do you got? Dwayne's up first. Here okay, Dwayne. Back in the Stockton and Malone days, I had a drink with Jerry Sloan and Phil Johnson at Whittle McCoy's. We talked about tractors. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry probably didn't want to talk to you until you wanted to talk about tractors. Oh, boy, I got to talk basketball. Jerry, can I talk tractors? Yeah, absolutely. Dennis. I once rapped Bust a Move with Terrell Davis in front of a live audience. Oh, man, I need to know more. We he do bu- need details. He busted on that. a move with Terrell Davis, the legendary running back. Where were you? You had some concert somewhere? Terrell Davis. Where'd he go? Did he go to Georgia? Where'd he go? He went to Georgia and Long Beach State. Lincoln High in San Diego, under recruited. I think he was a lineman. He was out of shape in those days. Well, he was. Ended up being a great. I got sent over to Bronco Camps a couple times, and he was a great interview. Yeah. He was. Super Bowl champion. Yeah. Really good with the media. All right, David. I rode with Hell's Angels coming back from Wyoming. (laughs) They passed you on the freeway. (laughs) Hey. (laughs) Uh, I was surrounded by a group of uh, motorcyclists. When I first, um, I worked in Casa Grande, and then I got a job up in, in Mesa, and one of my first assignments was to cover this. It was an internal thing, a uh, police trial with a policeman who they believe, the, the police believed he sympathized with this outlaw biker group because they would stage these uh, arrests and stuff, and the bikers knew about it, and they believed this guy was tipping them off. And so uh, I had to cover the thing. Well, of course, the way these things go, the prosecution goes first, right? Mm-hmm. So all the stuff was very negative towards this cop. And about the fourth or fifth day of it, they took a little recess, and about 10 bikers who would look like you would think they would look surrounded me and tried to intimidate me. Oh, really? Yes. And, <laughs> the, and, difference, yeah. the difference between you and me. That's your biker story. And mine is, there was a, when I was relatively new in, in Santa Barbara, so a bunch of students said, hey, we're going to go up. We were in town um, on Easter weekend. I think on the Saturday we went up, so we're going to have this group dinner, right? And there's like 
two or three cars going up there. And you go up to Cold Spring Tavern on Highway 154. It's up in the hills above Santa Barbara. It's rustic. It's under the trees. There's these two old buildings from old stagecoach stops. And the one's a, a bar and one's a restaurant. They're owned by the same business. It's all one business. And we're walking towards the restaurant. And you just right around the corner, you, all of a sudden, you see all these motorcycles. And exa- you're thinking exactly what you're thinking, right? And, and one, of the, <laughs> one of the guys is there. He goes, those are all the doctors and lawyers from Santa Barbara who ride on the weekends. <laughs> That's a big difference. Yeah, they yeah. were trying to intimidate me, and they literally surrounded me. And I looked around, and but there, I mean, it was right in in the uh, courthouse area, so I knew I was. They couldn't really do anything to me. And I said, "Guys, relax. This is the prosecution. When the defense pre- presents its case, the testimony will be a lot different. So, calm down, guys." And get out of my face. <laughs> you talk your way right out of it, Jersey guy. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I wasn't going to take any crap from them. They just didn't realize how the how the system worked. Zach, I was once in Hollywood, and I met Michael Jackson, Marilyn Monroe, and Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. None of which were, were they on Hollywood Boulevard dressed up? Exactly. Probably. <laughs> Probably. That's how I was guessing. You went to the... <laughs> I met the Statue of Liberty at Times Square. You know yeah, what is bizarre? This is a true story. Gordon Monson and his wife, Gordon told the story, and it's still a point of contention to this day. He told the story about getting on one of those tour buses and going around in Hollywood, and and they say, this is where Lucille Ball lived. And he brings up this story, and his wife insists that they did not do it. He insists that they did do it. And... I, I love to bring it up because it sets them off every time. <laughs> Look at you, troublemaker. <laughs> and they have these arguments about, no, we did. Yes, we did. It, it is the most bizarre thing. And neither one of them really wants to say, yeah, whatever, let's move on. No, you because Gordon insists they did it. She insists they didn't do it. Who do you believe? I don't know control. because they're both passionate in their defense of their standpoint. So it comes down to who do you trust more? And if you say, Gordon, I'm going to call you a liar. I know you trust his wife more. I know I do. Yeah, but he insists that he did it. Yeah. How do you make that up? He dreamed it. He saw it on TV. <laughs> he saw it in a movie, and he got confused. He insists could, he knows where Lucille Ball had her house in Beverly Hills. Could it have been that Gordon went on this tour by himself? No. No, that he, seems unlikely, actually. Okay. He insists that it was his wife. It was a woman with him, and it couldn't have been anybody but her. He and didn't they get go confused back and forth. like it was a long time ago on some road trip, and he went with some writer like you. I don't know. It was like him and Kirk Cragthorpe did it, not no. he and his wife. Well, Kurt no, no, because it, it was a long time ago. It oh, was really? He was in his 20s. Oh, okay. We're going back 60 years. All right, DJ and PK. All right, for the people who are getting to work who wanted one PK jazz take and one DJ jazz take, we'll actually try to do a segment on it if we don't get derailed by random brushes with greatness. Out of the middle of nowhere. Yeah, I was having lunch with Quinn Snyder, and here's what he told me about the team. Three and one, they ought to be three and one right now. I'm trying not to read anything big into it. They played three teams that all the predictions have going to the lottery, and they won all the games. And they played a playoff team on the road, and they got beaten. And they played them on a night when that team was probably irritated because the Lakers had just gotten beat by the Clippers. So they were coming out all sorts of fired up. So they're three and one, a very predictable three and one right now. I'm not reading into it. You? Oh, yeah. I think there's stuff you can see. All right, we'll get to that next. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. And now, attention, top of the wire on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. 
Utah Jazz come from seven down in the fourth quarter. They beat the Phoenix Suns 96-95. Donovan Mitchell fouled. Made a free throw with four-tenths of a second left to win the game. Mitchell had 25 points. Gobert had a double-double with 15 points and eight rebounds. Rudy made 11 of his 12 free throws in the game. Boyan Bogdanovich scored a game-high 29 points. Elsewhere in the NBA, the Spurs are undefeated 3-0 after beating the Blazers 113-110. The Nuggets take down the Kings 101-94. And the Clippers, like the Jazz, are 3-1 after defeating the Hornets 111-96. James Harden had 40 points as the Bucks beat the Cavs 129-112. Monday Night Football, Miami grabbed a 14-0 lead in the first quarter and lost to Pittsburgh 27-14. James Conner runs for 154 yards in a fourth-quarter touchdown. Top of the Wire is brought to you by Diamond Airport Parking. Don't take the bus tour at the airport parking lot. Diamond Airport Parking offers covered self-parking, covered valet parking, open valet parking, and free 24-7 car to curb shuttle service. Diamond Airport Parking since 1922, just off I-80 and Redwood Road. Park, ride, and save at Diamond Airport Parking. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. People are asking me what the biggest difference is with this team. I could go on and on and on about the defense. The biggest difference is Tyler Huntley's development as a quarterback. I will reiterate this to everybody who loves to tweet at me after a Utah State game. Yes, Tyler Huntley is the best quarterback in the state. Yes, he is. And it's not even close. And I think that that's what's taken Utah to the next level because they've had the defense. They've had the run game. This is a new level with Tyler Huntley and his quarterback play. Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to 3. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Rubio pushing, going two for one, attacking, go back. Rubio, reverse side layup, no good. Kick ahead to Bogdanovich. He'll rise and kick to O'Neal, right corner three, Royce! 46-39, Utah on a quick surge of threes. Jazz down five, 80 to 75, 7.28 left. Oubre in the game defending Donovan. He's long and if he's focused, he's a good defensive player. Donovan drives on him, spite of spins, stops, pops, hits. 22 for Donovan. Listen Wednesday for your chance to win tickets to the Salt Lake City Stars. Get into the action by grabbing your SLC Stars tickets today. Experience the excitement and community of Salt Lake City Stars basketball all season long. Ticket options include single-game tickets, group experiences, premium seating, and season ticket packages. Call 801-325-STAR and get your tickets today. Watching that game, PK, I always felt like they were going to win it. i got to admit, when they got down seven in the fourth quarter, I wasn't exactly sure how they were going to win it. And then two quick turnovers, two quick fast breaks, and it felt like order had been restored. Right back at uh, it. Yeah, but then down at the last minute or so, I wasn't Phoenix sure. Phoenix hit a big three and, and tied Phoenix it up. Phoenix is great, drastically improved. Now they had a nowhere to go but up. They so. had nowhere to go but up. They made several roster changes. Yeah. As Quinn said in his post game, they brought in NBA guys. They brought in and veteran dudes. And what they're what they're missing is big time stars. Now maybe Booker can well, be that. A, I think he's an emerging player. Booker can be that, but you're going to need and that. And Aiden averaged a double double as a freshman or as a uh, rookie. So if they're going to be more than a 40-win team, which would be double what they did last year and would be a huge upgrade, and we have seen wow. predictions for them. If I were them, I would take 40 mid, wins. We've seen predictions for them as far as wins, mid-30s to 40. At least for them, they've got a plan and they're on to something now, hopefully for their, for their sake. They don't turn they it all upside down in a year and a half and start over. Doing. Right. But, I, but for I the Jazz, read into it. So I'm, the, I'm sitting here 3-1. and one. Don't it's, settle down. 
don't. It's good. It's good they've beaten the teams they're supposed to beat. But there is a lot to be learned about this team and a lot to be figured out. Well, yeah, but you could say that about every team. There's no team that you can yeah. say, wow, we've got this figured out. No. If for no other reason, then you still got to figure out where you fit with you, all the other you teams have to make massive games changes. To go. So I, I do think in the back learn. of my mind, I'm thinking there's a, there's a group of teams at the top, but the Clippers are first. And the Jazz are in that top group. But when it's all said and done, I think the Clippers, Clippers are going to be one. Clippers haven't played one game with uh, Paul George yet, so that remains to be seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Bogdanovich is a big-time player. He's better than I thought. And he he gives – we've been talking for years, they need that second score. Well, they've got it. They literally have it. They absolutely have it. And that's with Conley contributing about as much as I contribute. Steven, they need Conley to get going. He's shooting 20% through four games. I assume well, he Conley is going to get going. Conley get going or get cut. Those are his two <laughs> choices. So uh, certainly he's not going to shoot this poorly for an extended period. We would all be shocked. So uh, I don't know in his new role, though, if he can be that second big-time scorer. Because I don't know that they need it. Because clearly... While Conley's over here bricking one thing after another, Bogdanovich is saying, give me the ball. And the great thing about Conley, unless I misread this, at 32 years of age, he, he's already making $30 million. What more do you want, personally? So my guess is Conley will have no problem giving Bogey the ball, as long as they're winning. He'll play better, but Bogdanovich has been sensational. Mitchell, Mitchell to me, looks way better. Just He looks like... I, whatever level a star is, I belong there. I'm no longer this uh, warm and fuzzy kid who is uh, bright-eyed and says yes, sir, no, sir, it's and not, household ladies across the street. It's not potential. He's arriving now. It, it is about winning at the highest level. And if you need a little SOB in you, uh, a la Westbrook, go ahead and do it. Who cares? Go cop some attitude if that's what it takes. He really hasn't shown it, but I think he's willing to. Uh, now, that, those are positives. Negatives, too many turnovers. I mean, Bogdanovich and Gobert contribute 10 turnovers that, between them. That's, that's too many. Too many for two front court guys. They don't handle the ball enough, or they shouldn't handle the ball enough to be having five turnovers. Uh, and they need to get a handle on it. I think that contributed heavily to the loss against the Lakers. And I also think that would have contributed heavily to the loss if they would have lost to Phoenix. Now, they didn't, so it doesn't matter. And I got to see some more out of the bench. And the, the only guy who played big minutes off the bench was Ingles. You know, I'll go with you on that. I expected the bench bringing in veteran guys to have a little more Punch, and I guess they would say, well, we didn't get that many minutes. They didn't. No, the starters so chicken, played way too many minutes in the for, egg. The, for the fourth game of the year. Yeah. I don't need to see Bogdanovich out there for 37 minutes. Uh, Gobert, 36 minutes. I can handle more of Mitchell and uh, O'Neal because they're young pups. Joe Ingles, 26, seems about right. O'Neal's 32 seems about Joe's, right. Joe's, yeah, yeah, I think so. I, I want to see Joe... Uh, have an opportunity to to create more. 
But I think that's a developing situation because you can't just put everybody together and everybody, whatever role you've had, everything stays the same because it doesn't stay the same. Things change. And when personnel changes, it changes even more. If you would have brought everybody back, you could say things would change. Well, they didn't bring everybody back. They're trying to incorporate five new guys into the rotation. That's a lot. So those five guys, they've got their roles they're trying to figure out, plus the holdovers trying to figure out their role within the new system with the new guys. Interacting with those five and, guys. Yeah, I mean, that that is a process. We but understand that. But that might be what the turnovers is about. Possibly. I'd like, to, possibly. I'd like to believe. I think jazz fans everywhere would like to believe, well, that explains the turnovers. Okay, maybe so. And that's what I would say is maybe so. Or maybe we'll find out that this team turns the ball over a lot. But maybe that number will quiet down here a little bit as they just build more familiarity. Uh, yes, and more discipline. More emphasis. I'm sure that when they gather today to prepare for tomorrow and they film work it, they'll go through it. Joe has, t- has spoken to us about the chastising they take sometimes during film sessions. He spoke about that at length with us. So, yeah, they'll, they'll get after that. N- none of these things are what would be uh, non-correctable. Well, we've heard players talk about that. The one thing they don't want, don't want to be called out in a film session. Apparently, that's not pleasant. <laughs> they don't want any part of that. No, but that's what accountability is all about. And at this level, you need to be accountable to the coach. You need to be accountable to yourself. And you need to be accountable to your teammates. And then as far as off-the-court stuff, obviously, you need to be accountable to yourself. But I also think you need to be accountable to the community and to the ownership. Nothing wrong with accountability. I don't view I don't view accountability as a negative. Right. I think they look at it as being held accountable in those film se- sessions is not pleasant. So it's better to play well so that you Agreed. don't have to have something pointed out in front of the whole team. Fine. It was in Alec Burks. I can still remember him after a good game. Something about what was the goal? He says the goal was not to be called out tomorrow in a film session. Well, I'm so, glad that so they, it works. I, I you know I don't know to what level. I'm not sitting in those film sessions, but uh, I don't know that it's necessarily demeaning your character or destroying your confidence. I mean, these now the the great thing about it is this is a veteran team with a veteran coaching staff, veteran management, veteran ownership. So everything that they have is all pointed in the direction of trying to win as many games as possible. This is we're beyond the development stage. You have veterans across the board, veteran assistant coaches. Obviously, Quinn Snyder is in his sixth year. He's a veteran head coach. He's in his 50s. He knows what he's doing. All throughout, top to bottom, veteran. That in this league, of all leagues, veterans win. Stuff that surprised us right out of the gate. I mean, we had a lot of expectations. I got to say, through four games, I'm a little surprised they haven't given up 100 points yet. It seems like, and I'd have to, you can get lock on, I'm sure he's got the numbers to back this up. It seems like. I've seen them take quick shots a few times in the Phoenix game. I was surprised that they went when I didn't think they really had an advantage and took a quick shot. It didn't always go. And often that'll speed up a game and lead to higher scoring games. They've been giving up 100 points through four games. And I knew it was preseason, but the numbers were still a little on the big side, especially for the last two games. And you thought maybe there'd be a little urgency after the first two. But... Man, it's 95, 95, 81, 95 again. Yeah, it's, some of that is the other team missing shots. Yep, and we may see the, the – they're going to play some of the 
who we expect are the better teams in the NBA here in the next five games. It'll be interesting to see if that holds. Well, I mean, they, they got go the on the Clippers. road to Philly and Milwaukee. Right, and they got the Clippers twice before they do that. Clippers without Paul George, though. Yeah. So Clippers today aren't going to be the Clippers And we played in the that, that Doc Rivers said that, and we played that uh, an hour and a half ago. That they are going to yeah, get they went, much, they much better. They underwent massive change. They Absolutely. traded two, three starters and incorporated uh, how many holdover starters? I'd have to look at their box score. How many holdover starters? Then? And you got to consider Lou Williams basically a starter, even if he's not. Uh, so they've got a lot of changeover. That's what's fun about this uh, Western Conference this year. So many of these teams have so much changeover to see how everything meshes and develops. Clippers are 3-1 and one just like the Jazz. And they've got, as you were pointing out, five of the nine Jazz guys who are playing are new, but the Clippers have done the same thing. So win while you're figuring everything out. And win the games you're supposed to win, because we had somebody here earlier, I think it was on an open mic, who said you really feast and pad your record uh, on lesser teams, because Mm -hmm. those count. It's it's like in baseball, you know, when you get a fourth and fifth starter, uh, go three for four. Because when you're up against Garrett Cole, you're probably not going three for four. Yeah. And Carter says right now he's feeling like the start of the season is kind of a mix here. With Bogey, I think they beat the Lakers, which put him at 4-0. Once Mountain Mike finds his rhythm, they'll be even better. After following the preseason, I was worried about their defense, but they've been solid so far. All I got to say is that Miritich dude, he must have been one heck of a player. Because if the Jazz wanted him over Bogey, wow. Because Bogdanovich has been so far through four games. He only played three. But he's been the story. Knowing that Gobert and Mitchell are who they are. So the negative story has been Conley Brick and Triple Bogey. This guy has been great. He is, he is a player that they've never had in the time that I've lived here. Play with that size, that shooting mm-hmm. ability. Mm-hmm. And can league, put the ball on the floor. It's the league changing, and you need a guy like that. And now they got a guy like that. But yeah, since the I mean, how many guys morphed, there, they haven't had a player? I was going to say caliber. ten years ago. When you say since they've been here, I mean, there, were there players since like I've him? Been here? Maybe maybe Robert Ory in the nineties kind of played like that. Uh, a role player. Bogdanovich can be an all star. So I, right now, I'd put Bogdanovich. Ahead. Utah Hoops Freak just tweeted at us, great defense for the Jazz is covering up horrible offense. Well, you got to like that if you already got the great defense locked up and you tweak the offense and you're 3-1. What does defense do? Wins championships. It travels. Oh, okay. Defense. As Donovan said again last night. Defense does a lot of stuff. So you know he's hearing that a lot, right? It travels, yeah. Running the ball in football. It travels. <laughs> that's, like, that's the cliche. What travels? You know, good pitching travels, defense travels, running the ball travels, hat on hat, finger in the dirt. Those things travel. Steven says they need Conley to get going, and Chuck says when Conley does get going, the Jazz are going to be very good. I think it is a win, not certainly not an if. Now, I would like it sooner than later, but I'm willing to wait. I don't think you guys can underestimate Phoenix like the previous years. They've got some talent around Booker now. The Kings, yeah, that was a free win. And any team with CP3 is going to put up a fight. I'd say you could call it a mix of the two. Because I said there's three teams that are predicted to be in the lottery. But he wants to elevate the Suns and the Thunder. 
Well, I don't know what to think of the Kings because they showed a little bit last year, and then sure enough, they fire the coach. <laughs> what the heck? You, you know, you, you you got something there anyway, and then let's start over again. And now we're off to a slow start. Wow, wow, what a shock. You decide to fire, fire the coach for whatever reason, I don't know, and you bring in another guy, so he's it, new stuff, blah, 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 so slow start. Uh, Oklahoma City, I think Joe Engel said it right. This is a team that's going to beat somebody. Now, they, they basically played the Rockets right down to the end last night. They I mean, did a pretty good job playing the Jazz yeah. down to the end, too. They're yeah. competitive. They, for a rebuilding team that lost two stars, they're, under that circumstance, grading on a curve, they're really good. Now, they're not good, really good overall, but when you put that curve on them, they are. Phoenix looks like it's an emerging team, and the Jazz caught a break that Aiton was uh, game two of his 25-game suspension. I don't know that Aiton makes a difference, but i got to believe he helps. Although I was impressed with Baines. He held his own. Yeah, and shooting the threes like he did. Yeah. So they've got – Phoenix has a nice little nucleus. See what they can do in in the coming years, as long as the owner doesn't get in the way and screw it up. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Your takes on the Jazz. Hit us up. We can do that next. Also, we've got Scotty G in studio at 9 o'clock to talk about the Aggies and the Cougars. It's BYU and Utah State this weekend. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Take The Zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of The Zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Hey, DJ PK and Yak. Just want to let you guys know, you guys do an awesome job. Appreciate the work. Love the show. Keep it going. Join Hanson Scotty Friday from noon to 3. Andrew Reinhardt from Wasatch Medical will be live in studio to discuss an FDA-approved breakthrough and permanent solution for ED with no pills, surgery, or needles. I love a compliment now and then. That was your Sun Devil right there. Brandon. Yep. That's Brandon. Brandon. Brandon he didn't end devil. it with the, let's go, Devils. Exactly. But he wanted to. You, you know that. You I, know I recognize that. They're off this week. They can't go anywhere. They can't go anywhere. <laughs> they're right where they're supposed to be, battling for bowl eligibility in November. Well, they are 5-3, and three, so they don't Battle. have it. But battling? I don't know. Well, they got Oregon and SC. Oregon's going to be a problem. They might get SC. SC's they're not a bad the, team. They're, uh, the ESPN does their... What, they give them like a 20% chance of winning? Yeah. yeah. That'd be 5-5. Five and five. Who else they got? Arizona and... Oregon State. And they, uh, they're favored. They have 59% chance to beat or- Oregon State. Decent chance they'll be 7-5. and five. Which, as you point out, seven and five, six and six, five and seven. How many years fall in that range? Forty. And that's high end of that range for them. Seven and five with the freshman quarterback. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I've been there. Thanks, coach. <laughs> Shut up. Well, no, I like listening to him. I, why do you get irritated by it? Because I'm tired of the talk. It's like I told yeah, you. See, I'm not a fan, so it doesn't affect me. But I'm. It's talk is talk. Yeah. I'm tired I don't of mind t- hearing. I don't mind hearing him talk. All right, we were just discussing in the break. We were discussing the uh, um, post game comments from the Suns. Did you spot a trend? Yeah, we're well, talking about the refereeing. Jazz shot a lot more free throws than they did. Twenty three more. 
and the game was in Phoenix. They feel like, well, they don't. I just looked. I just listened to Rubio and Booker, and Booker feels like, and I think he has a point. He's saying when you go into a game, the refs know who the better team is. Okay, so who two has things. the better rep? One, it was sixteen more. The twenty-three number you got—that's how many the Suns shot. They shot twenty-three. The Jazz shot thirty-nine. And then the, I would also... Uh, did That's the a Sun, huge difference. Did the Suns talk about the fact that they shot a little under 70% and the Jazz shot over 80? Because you got to make the ones you get, too. Certainly. And Donovan Mitchell all shot 50% from the line. He needs to make them, too. Yeah, I mean, he, he, well, what's your point? I mean, they missed free throws. I got it. That, that doesn't... I think he missed the last one on purpose, but harder but to score. But two different down. things there. Yeah. Doesn't take away from what he's saying. Sure, they need to play better. Make your. They only shot thirty eight percent, so go there too. Yeah, that's why I don't put it on the refs. I thought, I thought right at the end of the game when Mitchell drove and he got the call. The first thing is I was surprised. The second thing is they showed the replay from overhead, and you could see okay, one hundred percent that was a foul. Okay, fine. But we've seen that not called in that spot in the game. Let him play at the end, and you think it was a foul. And well, that's what get Booker's called. saying, and yeah. the team that has the rep is going to yep. get the call. That's and his it, whole point. And that was the He's thing. Not, he wasn't there. whining about that. His whole f- point was we need to change that mm-hmm. by winning games so then we get it. He's not complaining. Right. Go, you can listen to it for yourself. He wasn't complaining. He was just pointing out a basic fact in of this life league. in the NBA. So go ahead and be better, and then you'll get it too. And that was the thing I thought was that. You know, when has Mitchell, quote-unquote, arrived? You can say, I mean, you can draw the line wherever you want. But I think one of the ways to measure he's arrived, he's getting that call at the end of a Yeah, but game. I don't know that he gets it in Los Angeles. And that's a, to the point He's of, arrived where he can get it against Phoenix in yes. Phoenix. And see, that's like you arrive when you start averaging 20 points a game. You arrive when you become an all-star. You arrive when you win a title. You, I mean, you can draw the line wherever you want. And you're right. Would he have gotten that call? Against the, the Lakers? No. Uh, if the player had been an all-star no. on a winning team? No, he on wouldn't the road. Have. He wouldn't have. Yeah. Now, is he going to get that call in Houston? But he is probably he knows that, that and, and that's Clippers why he's Lakers. willing to do it. Because right. they're Phoenix. In Phoenix, he knows he's got a chance to go to the rim. We've already shot way more free throws. We've already shot 14 more free throws than them. So let's attack. Yeah, but he's not doing that against the Lakers on a Friday night on ESPN. It's not, there's no way he'd, get, he'd be standing there at the free throw line with two f- uh, foul shots. All not right, happening. Your, your take on the Jazz. Use the open mic. Send us the audio. Grab your phone. Use the open mic. And Yach will get that on the air. we got more of the Jazz coming up. And Scotty G's just rolled in. It's BYU and Utah State in Logan Saturday night. We'll talk Aggies and Cougars with Scotty G next.